everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cleaning and Cocktails. You guys know the drill. It's where I bring on industry subject matter experts, cleaning business owners, uh, consultants, coaches, manufacturers, you name it, anybody and everybody that is helping and empowering the cleaning industry. I have a guest on today called Crystal Bella, called named, I should say, named Crystal Bella. You guys may have seen her in some of our videos that we've just been pushing out from our Cleaning and Cocktails live event. We had the pleasure of having Crystal actually present and speak on the topic that we're going to be talking about, which today, you guys, I'm super excited. We're talking about hiring. We're talking about recruiting. Uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. We're 40 episodes in, and we've really never touched on that area and it's surprise surprisingly to me i i should have touched on this earlier uh we'll get into it it's a pain point everybody knows it's actually probably one of the top two pain points so again i got crystal bella she's the owner of recruiting solutions she's considered a hiring expert she's out of san jose california in her tagline i want to get this one right is helping business owners hire employees or contractors cheaper and easier than ever before again Crystal, thank you for jumping on board. Side note, you guys, you guys know I always do a cheers and I have a drink. I got mine. Crystal can't. She's <laughs> dehydrated. She's hydrating herself. I is, I got a COVID interview, guys. She is, she's got COVID right now. That's how much she cares about this, this uh, industry is she's here speaking, uh, even though this poor girl's got COVID right now. So Crystal, without further ado, uh, tell us about the journey. How'd you get into this industry? Um, and we'll just dig deep into uh, the hiring and recruiting aspect, but how'd you pick cleaning? I grew up around cleaning. So my mother had, I was like six years old doing cleaning for my mother and her cleaning business because she you know, had her own cleaning business. Every time we moved, I've moved over 40 times before I was 20. So, and it, I've moved a lot. And every single time we've moved, my mom has always started a new cleaning business. So it was like second nature. It was something that I saw growing up. I was always there to help out. I always saw all these amazing women. It was always women in the cleaning industry back then. And um, it's just something that I, you know, learned from the ground up and to start over instantly. Anytime you move to a new city, if you want to get quick income, it was like I knew how to do it. And, you know, it kind of grew from there. Awesome. Well, I, you know, and, and that's funny you say it's that you can move into a different city. I mean, that is what intrigues me and fascinates me about the cleaning industry is we know it's recession proof, but now we know it's pandemic proof. Um, but at the same time, it's competitive, right? And what, what are the two things that I say are probably the, the biggest pain points in our industry is, you know, one sales, right? You can't do anything without sales. You can't even worry about, can't worry about operations and anything after if you don't drive in the sales. But in my opinion, number two is staffing. Uh, I'm dealing with today. We just had a meeting today about staffing and recruiting, right. and which, you know, like I pinged you, we actually have to talk about more me and you on, on that. But uh, staffing, you must be, your phone must be ringing off the hook, your emails, you must be getting buzzed because I got to believe, especially in this day and age with, with the situation that's going on with, with labor, I mean, I don't even want to say how busy you are, but how productive are you right now with what is going on with people reaching out about this, this uh, with the pain point of staffing? Yeah, it's it's so common. It's I mean, you see it everywhere. I mean, if I was to walk down the road, I mean, just going to CVS, it's, you see now hiring signs. People are struggling. It's like not even just the cleaning industry. It's every industry. Um, and true, that's what true. makes it even harder because 
you're not just competing with trying to get workers for your cleaning business. Like these workers now have so many more opportunities. It's like opportunity overwhelm. And then you introduce, you know, opportunity overwhelm. And then also having to have, you know, work-life balance, like schools are getting shut down. My daughter's school, like she had just had a close contact. Her school got shut down out of nowhere. It's really hard. It's like a fine balance because you have people who are mothers. They're, they're, you know, and maybe the dad goes and works or maybe the mom has to stay home. I honestly feel like we're in a time right now that somebody may have to stay home. So you may have to have more flexible standards with some of your workers um, and instead of trying to be so hard, but it's, Again, it's kind of like finding that balance of that, but also being competitive with all the other businesses in your area. It's it's so many businesses are struggling with this. Um, and I love it because of course I love automation. So we're able to like help somebody get on board with within a day. Like you, you can yeah. get on board and you can start getting workers in the door and you can start getting interviews on the calendar. So on our side, it's pretty streamlined, but for them, it's just a matter of, you know, it's also opportunity overwhelm for the business owner. They have so yeah. many beliefs. It could be the unemployment, you know, and they're like, I can't get workers. It's the unemployment, you know, and then it's like another one. This platform sucks or, oh, I, you know, and they, they rely on Facebook. And so they start to get opportunity overwhelm. And it's just like a big, huge circle. We really try to break down and simplify. Well, no, you know what? I, I think that's a great way to put it. Uh, opportunity over, you know, overload. Uh, and before we even get into the framework, because that, that's what I wanted to talk about, is, I mean, you, you just said a lot of buzzwords, right? automation and, and streamlining, and you know, these issues create opportunities for people such as yourself. Um, but it also creates opportunities, I guess, for us as business owners in any industry to look at people differently too, right? Because I think that's something I actually want to touch on real quick is instead of just let's talk about us as the business owners and the employer, what are you seeing for the employees that we should be thinking about? Because you just said flexibility. These are times that are different now where we have to worry about, hey, if it's a husband and wife and we're hiring the wife, if the husband is busy traveling for work, uh, flexibility of schedule and all of a sudden now the kids aren't being able to go to school, they don't have a babysitter. There's a lot of other variables that traditionally weren't there before pre-pandemic or is that is that a stigma? I mean, were these always there? We just never looked at them. I, I believe it's always been there, but it's not been as frequent. Um, every single week, I'm literally getting emails about the school having a close contact. And every single time, you know, for at least in our area, every time there's a close contact, all the students in that classroom have to go get a COVID test. And you have to produce a negative COVID test by the end of five days. If you don't, then you're going to have to stay home for 10 days. And that is happening every single week for at least the last month. So, I mean, yeah. I'm lucky. So like, what, because does he, what does that employee do? Right. Like, well, now what? Now what do you have? It hurt. It hurts. It does really it affect everybody. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. We really just have to consider that, you know, we, um, I think taking that into consideration and maybe trying to be a little bit productive about it. Like, I think if you're able to offer, you know, or have a worker, you know, watch kids that could I help you God, as I was thinking about that. Yes. Yes. Like, Not a you should. Here, like, like something where you've been to the office here, right? Like I swear yeah. one of those, one of our suites, we're like, Hey, what? 
because again, you want to help and support. Because at the end, if they can produce and be a, a perform their job, and you're assisting, but then I guess there's additional factors that come into play. You know, can you watch kids at your office, or you know, where do you send them? Uh, but you're right. Like it's just it's been it's crazy times, and it's a. Uh, it's just being open to think outside the box. Yeah, for sure. It's either like creating something like that, um, maybe, you know, working with or networking with some of the daycares in your area for drop-offs. Maybe you introduce a special rate. Maybe you do a certain amount of hours for daycare um, for each employee. Maybe everyone's a little bit different. Maybe you have them pay a percentage, but you pay a percentage. Maybe you bring it in-house, you know, or in office to where you have somebody. Um, Again, that helps you eliminate that huge problem because it's consistent, you know, it's, it's real. It's like, if you, if you solve that then you could work on other aspects, like, you know, making sure that they know their job, they're making yeah. sure that they're focused, they're making sure that, you know, they have good pay and they could support their family. Cause I, I mean, it's, you don't want to say it's a distraction, but I mean, when it's, when it comes to their, their children, right, your employees, children, it, it should be number one. Like they you, come first. You should. They, they should come first. So, mm -hmm. it's interesting. We started off with this topic. Just yeah, you know, we're a, I'm a big family business, uh, and if you consider that, you're right. Like, if that comes first, the training and the and the the time and attendance and things after the fact, um, it's a different dynamic. That's a different conversation to have. So, that's a that's a great start to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, all right. So I know you know. Just so you, Crystal, so you're aware too, audience and like the people listening or watching, usually small business owners, there are some, you know, medium-sized businesses that are watching as well, people outside of cleaning as well. Uh, but that's the kind of picture I wanted to give you. So as we're talking, that's who we're talking to as far as the audience and the listeners. Um, framework. I love the word. I'm big, I'm big about framework, processes, systems, right? Uh, I know you are too, but like, I saw on your website, and I see in a lot, a lot of your literature, you know, you speak on the, the seven layers of the candidate filtration built-in. Mm -hmm. Without going too deep, I because again, you guys, you'll have all of Crystal's information, at, you know, the bottom of the YouTube clip, and then everywhere that, that we'll post this, you'll have her information. So if, if you want to dig deeper, go ahead and reach out to her, and we'll, we'll talk about the program she has. But the seven layers, Crystal, uh, can you walk us through what, what that entails, and is it... Is it a different message when you're talking to, a, in our case, a residential cleaning business owner or a commercial cleaning business owner? It is, you know, um, I, I think the messaging is so important. And again, when it comes, when it circles back to the opportunity overwhelm, a lot of business owners, they're like, nobody's attracted to my job post. Um, nobody, you know, I can't get workers to um, follow through after the interview. And it all really circles back to what we created our framework on. So we're able to really create that structure so the business owner can, you know, put out their message in a way that's not confusing to the candidate because if the candidate gets confused or the candidate's not aligned with it, you're gonna lose that candidate. So it really starts from the beginning, but making sure that the business owner has it broken down in a simple way. And that's where we work it through with the framework. Okay, so can we can we go through that? Cause I, I know not, you know, not too, again, just, kind of the points of those seven layers where when you ask me about a job ad, me as, you know, I've, I've been in that position that I was, I was responsible for it. So when I think of a job ad, I just think of the pay rate, the hours, 
where it's located, maybe a couple bullet points of expectations. Uh, I got to believe that's probably not the most, uh, the, the way that's going to convert the best candidates for me. Um, so can we dissect that as far as just even call out those steps or those layers? Yeah, so I like to think of like the job ad as a separate component. So we don't really okay. consider that um, as part of the seven um, seven layers that. of candidate. We'll put that to the, yeah. we'll put that to the next one. Go ahead. Yeah, so I mean, it really starts, you know, so the framework is mission values, FAQ. Um, so the, what is the mission for not only like your company, but it's how do you phrase it in a way that attracts your ideal worker? You know, because again, a lot of people think of the mission and they're like, oh yeah, we want to be the best cleaning company or we want to serve all the businesses and, you know, but it's not really, you didn't say anything about the worker. Like what's so your mission? So it's like difference of mission for client mm -hmm. is different than what you're talking about mission for the employer you're about to bring onto the team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you want to think of it as kind of like a mission and a hook. Right. So like, what's like the like best way you can put that together to hook your worker? Cause that's usually like the first thing that they see, whether it's on your hiring funnel or your web page or your job post, you know, that's typically the first thing they see. So does that attract your ideal worker? Does that align with you and your company and your mission? And I think getting that right gets them to the next part, you know, and then you kind of like you're working your way down and inching them through the process. Um, and forgive me if I'm like shaking, I got a part fever right now, but don't worry, we're knocking it out again. I got, I got COVID. Um, so, <laughs> so don't worry, I got, I got a heater. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, so just little, uh, you know, story behind that one. Um, <laughs> then we got values. So like, what do you value as a company? It's really important to have, you know, this align with them because if they don't, you know, it's easy to like filter out somebody just by not aligning. So we start with the mission. It's like the hook for your workers. Then what do you value? So do you value freedom? Do you value flexibility? You know, these are things that, you know, are important to the worker. And, you know, again, it's attracting the right one because you may have an older worker who they really enjoy, you know, higher pay, um, all this other stuff as well versus a younger worker. They're like, yeah, I just want to party, you know, you know, yeah. they, they may have like a different agenda. So again, you want to make sure everything is really focused on your ideal candidate. So it's In not like a, it's not a one size fits all, right? We, we, we gotta, we gotta know that. Yeah. It's like, you want to know who your ideal candidate is. So like out of all the workers that you have, like who are your top performers? Who are the ones that have been, they've been there with you for years. You know, what are things that they enjoy? Like what are their top favorite things that they value about your company, about working with you? Like those are things that you want to collect. You can do that in a survey. You can do that in a meeting, but using those as your baseline, because you already know that you, these workers love working with your company. They, you know, you've retained them the long is that should be like your baseline for what your messaging is really targeting. Okay. And then, so Chris, I got to assume, so let's think about the, you know, mom and pop that's, they're doing the cleaning themselves. This is about to be their first big hire or the, you know, even, a, even one to five employees, I'm assuming the baseline is what they like about themselves then, right? Like, or like, what are they, what do they see about themselves that they want to hire like a mini them or what about that? Because there's no history there, right? Like there's no, there is no data on the people that have done well for them already. What about though, you know, because a lot of the industry is 
that industry, that first big hire is around the corner um, yeah. and they won't grow unless they make that first big hire. Yeah, and that's a, you know, a good topic right there as well. Um, anytime that, you know, you are just starting, it's your first workers. I feel like it's easy to kind of get this wrong and it's so easy to say, um, they must have this, they must have this, they must have this. You really, really want to, again, at least phrase it. I mean, this is your first worker. This is the one who really needs to believe in you and your process. That one's really going to come down to communication relationship for that first hire. You really just want to make sure that I would say at least focus on who do you want to work with, you know, at that point. Because yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I like that. You're working with those first hires side by mm -hmm. side. Yeah, and they're going to be the ones that take it off and they're going to be your trainers or they're going to be, you know, the one leading it. You know, you really want to connect with them and have that great relationship, have great values, make them feel like they are, they're cared for, yeah. you know, they're respected, they got great pay, they love working with you. It's very structured. I think that is another downfall, especially when you're getting your first worker. It's like there's no structure. And so... Yeah. They see that. See, they... <laughs> I, I, Chris, I feel like we're not even going to get past this half these questions because there's so many things. <laughs> there's, there's things that I think about because as you're saying that, it's I was guilty of that. When me and my wife were first hiring, we had our must-haves, right? And it's like, then we were stuck doing all the work for so long. We're like, you know, I'm like, babe, what's going on here? Why, why can't we find our first handful of... We expected too much. Then we started to say, hey, you know what? No more experience. I'm not looking for 10 years of experience. I'm not looking for this. Are you a good person? Are you, do you have a good personality? And are you energetic? That was our go-tos. Yeah. And it just started to really snowball because then those people became, like you said, our first inspector, our mm -hmm. first manager. And it was the people skills. Not, you know, everybody thinks you need experience. Again, it's good, but I would argue I would take people skills over experience. Um, but yeah, those are my two cents. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with that as well, too. Um, you know, when it comes to getting your first hire, there's they have this really high expectation of like seven years of experience or three plus years of experience versus really getting in there and training this person from scratch. And honestly, the person who has the most experience, they're a little less flexible with how you're going to do stuff. Maybe they're like, well, no, you know, we usually do it this way or this works better. Oh, I like to use this. And there may be a little bumping heads. I'm not saying that that's bad, but when it is your first hire, you really want to make sure that you're not, you know, even if they are experienced or not, that you're giving them a full blown training and not just like, oh, there's, they're, they're, uh, they came with skills. I don't need to train yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> Made that mistake. Made that mistake. Yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes when you come with skills, you, uh, you come with habits. You know, and if exactly. if you're not there to 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 view to watch that in the beginning, um, again, it's the beginning, man. I, I feel like you could do a whole episode just on the, that first year of business or the first handful of hires, because that is what you will build your company on is that right. first first group of hires. So yeah, sorry, keep it keep it going, keep it going. No, yeah, and so. I'll go through the framework a little bit quicker. Yeah. So then we have the mission, which is like the hook, the values, which is like what attracts them. Then we have FAQ that really explains like, you know, what's the pay? Is it percentage? Do they need supplies? Do they drive their own car? That's an important one, driving their own car. You want to think of like, what are some things, questions, rebuttals, 
um, or common issues that you're either asked or objections or something that would hinder them getting on board. Again, if they're driving their own car and they don't want to put on the miles, they, you don't have a mileage program. Again, that's yep. just all stuff to put into the FAQ. Really, you just guided them through. They're like, oh, wow, you know, I align with this company. You know, this is what I like. Oh, I love, you know, I don't have to use my car. Perfect. You know, and then you've gotten them down and then you're able to go into like the deal breakers where you're able to say, um, this is where we really define for a company, like what are your qualifications and what are your deal breakers? These things right here really need to be in writing and sometimes people overdo it or they put extra stuff in there and we like to really have it um, for deal breakers be like, this is incorrect or this is correct. So we could really yeah. filter them out versus open-ended answers. They're okay to have a few, but just with those, you know, like for instance, if you were to get a job, um, at Wells Fargo. I used to work there a long time ago. And they had this rigorous like skill personality scenario test for like, what would you do this? Where would you do this? And yeah. it filtered you out. If you made it to the end, you got to the process. And it's kind of like that for the application. But a lot of people, again, they put the open-ended, they put stuff that doesn't really matter or it really doesn't make or break. Like you don't want to have stuff like, you know, do you wear socks? Like, yeah. I know it's really random. But yeah. for instance, like it's not going to filter them. It's not going to make or break. Like if the question doesn't make or break, you don't need it on your application. Um, so and like then, a good example, if your account is after 6 p.m. evening clean or overnight third shift, that's it. Like that is the account. If you can't work those hours, you're you're kicked out of the funnel, right? You're kicked yeah. out of the, the, the okay. Yeah, so I would have in some options of like some other times that would kick them out and then some other times that are acceptable. So then no. you could, you know, they don't see it as like a, like, oh, I have to pick one of these. They could really be honest with themselves because they see more options. Um, and then, you know, you could really say that, hey, this night shift doesn't really, you know, align with this worker. And no. then after the deal breakers, that really goes to where it's, you know, the process is automated and you're having, you know, that interview with them, whatever your process is. Um, so many different ways to have interviews and how different companies do it. Um, but the main thing is really looking for, you know, the confidence. How are they responding? How is their mannerism? Do they show up on time? Um, and if they align with those, then, you know, you want to take your best ones, your top performers, those A plus players, then you want to go ahead and offer them the job. It's really important to offer them the position and they can have the opportunity to accept or decline. If you're like, perfect, here's the paperwork, sign it. Like you're going to have a higher no show rate on their first day. Um, and so making sure that they're following through with it, basically all kind of aligns back to our seven layer framework. So like thinking about, so the job offer, again, that's a good point. Just it's, it's may seem like a, 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 you know, a point not to drive home, but we've noticed ourselves personally is, when you create that one page or two page or whatever agreement job offer, even for a technician position, uh, it's like a mutual agreement to say, this is your position. Cause you're right. Instead of just, Hey, you start on Monday, right? And when you say like, here's the expectations, here's what you've been hired for. I'm offering you the position. You've signed the position. Uh, cause I want to say, I don't think you, I mean, there's no offers when you work at like retail, right? Or you work at, so a lot of other type of jobs where it's, you know, it's, it's an application and that's it. You know, there, there was no, an offer usually to me was a, a management role or a role that there is, it's, it's just, it's different. I don't know. I, I think it's important for cleaning technicians. And I, you know, I'd like to call them technicians is 
I am offering you this opportunity to to work with this company. Yeah, and that's something that you you know back in the day, I feel like at least a lot of people didn't do that. You usually see like franchise companies, bigger companies, they're the ones who typically do, you know, the job offers. But if the big companies are doing it and they're being successful, they're getting lots of workers, why wouldn't the smaller companies start to follow what's working? Yeah, you know, no, that's true. And it's something to hold them to, right? Hold your, hold your, you know, cause there's always that wishy-washy. Well, you told me, or it was in this text and an email you, you assume, no, man, it's here. This is a kind of a binding agreement you agreed to perform at this level for us. So I like that. Yeah, but I think, you know, to add to that real quick is that it's really important to not only the offer, but it's like, it's giving them a way to back out without speaking with somebody that's non-confrontational. So for even for clients that we work with, you know, we have them confirm their interview um, before their interview. If they don't confirm it, then their interview is canceled already. So we're already filtering out more people there. Mm. We already filtered them from the messaging. And then we, you know, went to the application. We really already defined like what makes a break them. And then they have to confirm or, you know, if they don't confirm, they get their interviews automatically canceled. So we're, again, we're sticking with those people who are committing yeah. down your process. And then that job offer, Again, those A players, you offer them the job, they get to really either say, yes, I want to work with you. And then again, that's commitment to themselves. They followed it through. It's really structured. Um, and then there will be a handful of people that still drop off. And those one that drop off, um, that's when they get, they're going to get a survey and they're going to be able to, yeah. as soon as they click decline, you know, they're going to be able to say, okay, so why did you decline? Was it the offer? The pay was too low. You didn't align with the interviewer. And again, you're all getting feedback to really improve your process. Um, and it just, yeah, all goes hand in hand. Yeah. So let's, so now let's talk about, you know, you're, you're talking to business owners a lot. Uh, I, you know, it, it's it's a stressful industry already. It's a stressful environment. It's a stressful economy right now. Um, how how has you, know, you got? I feel like you got to feel like a therapist sometimes talking to them, right? Because um, I know I've been told I probably should have a therapist as well. But uh, like it, you know, it's tough for a business owner to ask for help. You know, in the beginning stages too, because you don't know who to ask for help, right? You're you're thinking. You know, I, uh, legal, I talked to an attorney, uh, a, a car issue, I go talk to a mechanic, hiring. You, you may not even have a payroll company, right? Where a payroll company usually, as you're growing, they usually have this, you know, HR generalist and things like that. But again, small mom and pop growing businesses, they don't, they normally don't have somebody to reach out to. So them reaching out to you, like, how do you, how do you talk to them in that when they're feeling, you know, because you feel lonely in the beginning. So how? I got to believe you've grown to understand how to speak to these small business owners as of late. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of people, when it comes to hiring, it's, they're really timid. They don't like to talk about a lot of the struggles. There's like a difference of what you see online for Facebook or, Hey, I need help or, Hey, this worker didn't show up. We're struggling. And then there's a difference of when they come to me in their journey. It's like when they come to me, it's like, we get a whole, you know, therapy session of, you know, what's going on, you know, and then it just, it really, you know, we try to circle it back to like, you know, sticking with the hiring process because again, they could go on, you know, anybody can go on, you know, especially with podcasts. I'm sure we've had those days where, you know, you go off topic, but it happens. So it's just kind of like circling back to, you know, what is the problem? Like where, where's your drop off? Um, 
and kind of circling back to you know what works and i love that we have so much data that we have thousands of applicants literally going through the system every hour so we're able to see what works we're able to like look at the top performing companies um, and we're managing their ads so we we typically get to see like hey this company is getting the best results they have the highest conversion or, or they this company has the highest retention what are they doing and we're able to like look at that data oh, okay. decode it and we're yeah. able to like make updates to everybody based on what's working like the trends like when they when stuff changes like so we're constantly you know as the process or as hiring may evolve continuously it's like we constantly update it for everybody we take the guesswork out of it um but we try to simplify it back to that framework kind of figuring out what's their process um and kind of going into it from there um we do try to like you know of course and anytime somebody goes on about off topic again we just try to circle it back all right you know what crystal this is a uh, good stuff good stuff here we go all right so i'm about to unpack some stuff because i did not even realize or think about digging deep here is the programs that you have you're t as you're talking i feel like i mean and i'm sorry if i did not put two and two together here but so you, do you have a platform then do you have a platform that you have these these business owners where are you because part of the struggle is, you know, nine times out of 10, I don't know how to hire. I'm a business owner. I've never been in HR. I don't know what a job posting looks like. I don't know what the cadence should be. So are these business owners looking to, are you taking that off the load then? Like, am I saying, hey, Crystal, here's the jobs I need to look for in my area. And then you you take that and, and run with it and kind of, I mean, should you have a platform to explain that process then? I, I'm sorry, I didn't even touch on that. Come on, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we basically have, you know, two different options. We always set up their first ad. We already, already give them all their automation, all their hiring automation. We give them the application with the logic that's already built in for that position. So for like commercial cleaning, we already know what the top commercial cleaning companies are asking what's working and what's filtering out the best candidates. So we already have that logic pre-built into there. We already have those interview questions already ready for you. We already have the hiring funnels, um, all the your calendar. Everything is just already basically done for you. We're literally giving you a 98% done uh, system. So it's oh, you have it okay. could be a, a sales CRM, it could be a hiring CRM. But typically, our main focus is hiring. So typically, you know, from anything in their applicant's journey after, you know, from getting them to the job post, we basically create the job post for you. We post it on the platform. We do the research to figure out, like, hey, these are the areas you want to hit. What city is yielding the best results? Like, nobody knows some of these tricks, but we save you thousands of dollars by just instantly knowing that off the top instead of you having to play and guess with it. But we also have an Indeed rep where we have them go into your account, um, take off all the bad settings and put good settings oh, onto your you account. We got, we, got a, we got a lot of bad settings in Indeed. <laughs> and it's it's typical because that's what they yeah. give you by default. And you know, um, hope, they've definitely speeded up the process of trying to get some of these settings removed. But back in the day, you know, I would say maybe not back in the day, but like a month ago, you know, they just changed it to where any new customer coming in, like automatically get like these really bad settings. You know, it's, it's wow. gonna cost a lot and of money. you don't know because it's probably default, right? It's a default setting. You're just, you're thinking it's plug and play and you just start posting opportunities. 
Yeah. So you're just posting okay. your job and then it's like $15 per person to apply. And then now they have it to where you have like 24 hours to dispute that one if they're not qualified. Again, that's manual oh, it's, and it's, manual. It's a lot of work. Yeah. We stopped. We turned our Indeed off because it was, uh, it, as well as it's a good tool to use to, to speed up things. At the same time, it's it's a job. Like you have to monitor it to to make sure it's outputting the right things that you need. Uh, and yeah, again, it's, you know, we have HR, so we're okay in the sense that somebody's monitoring and tracking that. But mm -hmm. for those that don't, it's got to suck, right? I mean, I, I mean, so you're an extension of yeah. a business owner when it comes to hiring and recruiting because, uh, can you know, not that it's a quick explanation, but hiring and recruiting, that's two different, two different categories, right? Like, I mean, that's, explain that a little bit for people to know too. Yeah, so we don't see, well, kind of. Or no, so, am I wrong? Is no, it, am well, I wrong? so no. we see hiring as like employees. We see recruiting as like contractors because there's that verbiage, especially when we used to educate compliance, working with contractors, working with attorneys, it's like the verbiage really mattered. So like if you hear us say that, uh, you know, it's like if we say recruiting, it's usually just like a safe side of like we're probably talking about employees and contractors. So that's how we typically see it. We still see it as like the same umbrella, but we do everything to get the applicants to you and get them on your calendar. So basically every single month we would repost it, we'd monitor your ad stats. Um, again, it. it's automated. You're not going to Indeed, you're not checking anything. You don't have to dispute anything. It's like they click a button, they're already in our funnel. Like it's, it. it's automated. Okay. There is no more okay. having to go post a job, having to, oh, I need to message this candidate. No, it's automated and it feels very personal for them, but it's automated. So we even, yeah, so there's, there's a lot to it, but we generate the applicants from the ads that pour into the funnel where they're automatically filtered out on your calendar, you click a button, offer the job, and then, you know, it goes through the process. Um, so, so Chris, when it gets to, so it's, there's a lot of the meat and potatoes that you guys are handling, right? So, so then it gets to, they're on our calendar. I then have to interview them, right? Mm -hmm. That falls on us to interview Correct. as the business owner and the, the client. Mm -hmm. And then we click, you know, uh, job offer sent or whatever the case is. And then do you guys go beyond as also keep those candidates that weren't offered a position for us as well then? And like, we do we have an ongoing growing pool of candidates or does it end after that job has been closed out? Yeah, so I mean, you always have them inside of your, your CRM, but I mean, it's very easy to go into your contacts, filter out anybody who, you know, was qualified and you could easily retarget them, create a retargeting campaign to where you're dropping a voicemail, sending a text message, maybe resending the applicant link, um, whatever it is, you can create a trigger link. Did they click here? Did they not click here? Do this, do that. And I mean, you could really you know, create and retarget them. We don't typically retarget people. We do try to create new people because again, they filtered off for a reason. For a reason. Um, and we're not yeah, trying to right. pull from all the bad, the, the bad people in there. No, you know, they, for sure. so that is kind of, you know, how that goes. Um, but you know, just making sure they have that interview process in place. I've seen so many people, they're like, yeah, well I interview at Togo's and then, you know, maybe I'll do a phone interview first. And then we go to Togo's and we do it in person. <laughs> and then maybe I'll do a test clean. And again, that's like another hurdle that business owners get really stuck at. You know, I interviewed and, at Dunkin' Donuts my first couple <laughs> years. That was my go-to spot. <laughs> yeah. You know, but the time has evolved and it's like, 
that's so much more time consuming. You're wasting, you know, it's inefficient. And we just really want to streamline that process. So you're getting more people in, Um, you know, but also they want to see like a nice brand. They want to see, you know, like you're going to be able to provide the income that they want to, you know, sustain their family. If you're meeting at Togo's or Dunkin' Donuts or whatever, like, that's not always their impression in their mind when they see that. You know, they may say, oh, yeah. well, this person doesn't have an office. Maybe I'm going to be working out of their garage or out of their home or, oh, I did that before. It was a bad experience. And no. then, you know, especially if you would, if you interviewed them and then sign, they sign the paperwork, you know, they're going to no-show you, you know, a higher yeah. chance of having a no-show. And it's really, you know, making sure that that interview process, like, we work with the companies and we just have that already built out. So, you know, if they were going to go... Um, and this is where all the stats and data come in that we love to look at. And I obsess over it and I, I love it. Um, is being able to see like, does it convert more to go straight to an in-person interview if you have an office? Does it? Well, statistically, no, it doesn't. You know, it converts better to Damn, have a really? phone call before and oh, then go wow. to the and then go to the interview. You built that rapport, that relationship. You also pre-screened them and then you invited them, which they got to schedule or not schedule if they weren't interested and go into that in-person event. So we get to see all this. So just depending on like what the business owner is wanting for, you know, we get so many things of, I need to see them in person or I need yeah, to see no, them. I, I, yeah, I would say, I, was, I see how people would think that. So like you're indirectly already observing the actions of this potential candidate. Yeah, then constant. Well, it's really automated. So I mean, we're giving it to you, and it's already proven to work. It's already working for other companies. It's, okay. We're not giving you I like you. A, like here's like a guess or here we're customizing You've done the this. It's You've already done the observation to give to to really automate that for us. Then okay. Yeah. So like within ten minutes, you can get off the call, go sign up, have a free trial, and you already have your account. Literally, you can start getting people on the calendar. We didn't really have to do much because it's already built. We already designed it, and we're continuously pushing out updates that you know are based on the the data that we're reading for all the other com- companies that are working. Okay. Now, Crystal, like, what about? I mean, I feel like you've already been talking a lot about ads, so we'll touch on ads, but real quick, a simple, because I feel like this is a great one-liner to understand, or a quick phrase of the cadence of hiring. Like, you know, I always joke around and and I'll post stuff about, you know, always be selling, and then I'll say, well, shit, you should always be hiring. But is that true? Like, should, should we always be looking in hiring, or does that affect the, the, um, I don't want to say it. like, what if there isn't an opportunity and then you got a great candidate that walked in? That's what I'm always afraid of, of offering opportunities when we don't have an opportunity. But then that goes against the always be hiring. Explain, like, what do you think is a, based on data, a good cadence to be looking for employees? Yeah, and it's definitely a fine balance, again, with like your marketing and your HR to make sure that they are, you know, getting that balance. And that's where we do try to help guide you as well, too. We always say for every new worker, you want to get them 15 hours on the schedule, like ASAP, like within seven days, we want you to at least, you know, at least offer them the opportunities to be getting that, especially if you work with contractors or maybe they accept or decline jobs, you know, you want to at least be sending out those offers. So they have the ability, they're seeing that work come in. It's so often that you may like hire three people. The next thing you know, you forgot about one. You only got two hours on the schedule for this one. This one may have two. And then again, it's inconsistent. They're not getting started off on that, that right foot. And we actually identified that and we created a retention campaign. So now when you have a new worker, 
we're going to prompt your admin, you know, every so often to double check this worker's schedule and make sure that they have a certain amount of hours on the schedule. So we realized that commitment and, you know, um, encouragement and, um, compliments go a long way. So we want to make sure that they have, you know, that relationship, we want to make sure they have hours, you know, and that they're feeling supported. So that's where we developed our retention campaign. So anytime you have like a that. new one, yeah. So we're yeah. out of, they don't know that you're sending it. So it really feels like it's personal, but you're like, you know, Hey, I just wanted to say thank you for all the great communication. We really value that, you know, so that's Do like, you- an, do you do that in Spanish, Crystal, too, or other languages, or is this just English? Like the so automated responses. Yeah, so it's predominantly English. We do have a few Spanish things. So, for instance, like one click, you could translate your whole funnel into Spanish, um, okay. and that does the application and everything. But as far as like the messaging, um, it's something we could build. It's just not pre-built. Um, yeah. Well, we I can do... help you with that. <laughs> we got to talk. We got to. We got to right? talk. <laughs> we have. A, no, a... It, it's. I like retent. I mean. If people are when people are listening to this, think about that word retention, because I hear it a lot about it on the technology side, but it is just as important for us in the service industry in the blue collar space because you know that. I mean, I'm sure Crystal, you could throw data and stats on this, but it is a lot harder to hire new versus keep and retain. Yes, right? Yeah, very true. And, you know, that retention campaign, you know, it's designed to really help, again, you know, save you time, money, again, you know, our whole uh, tagline, you know, with, you know, faster and quicker and cheaper than ever before, you know, with less stress. So, you know, that's just definitely something that we we love as well in the process. Cool. Well, golden nuggets here, guys. Golden (laughs) nuggets. So as we keep going, I mean, is there stuff you, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I I forgot uh, to kind of touch on that other part that you mentioned that um, when you're always, always hiring. So, please. Yeah. um, Again, you really want to focus on having, you know, 15 hours for every new worker. So you get a worker, focus on getting them 15 hours. Like you really don't want to hire another person until you got that worker 15 hours. Then you could focus on the next person and then you can kind of continue on. But you really need to know your turnover rate. So that's something that if you're not tracking, you definitely want to start tracking it because let's say, you know, six, 6% over here, 6%. Okay. Oh, so yeah. is that 6% each month? Is that, you know, over the year, like, is that a over the year. quarter? Okay. Over the so year. you'd want to like break it down like per month. Um, okay, it just so makes it, it to where it's, okay, you're telling me yeah, so it wrong. If, no. <laughs> <laughs> so if you lose like one worker, every two months you want to anticipate like you're losing 0.5 workers every single month so you need to know like how much like how much does it cost you to hire one person you know and then once you know that number then you're going to know like your minimum advert hiring advertising budget so if you you know let's say it costs a hundred dollars per worker that you're getting and you're losing 0.1 you know every every month then you want to have at least 50 dollars going towards your hiring ad budget every single month so you're breaking even on your hiring so like you can anticipate that you were going to lose one but you covered it because you are always keeping that you know, your baseline there. So if you were like, okay, well, hey, I'm losing a worker, I'm getting a worker, I'm not really growing. Well, it's because you gotta you got to hire above your turnover rate. So again, if your turnover rate is, you know, um, you know, one every two months, you have $100 per hire, 
and then so $50 each month, you wanna advertise on top of that in order to get more workers. So you just gotta make okay. sure that you know your numbers and that's something that we do teach you. We have um, like a form that you fill out. It literally does all of the data, it spits out what your hiring ad budget needs to be and what you can improve on. Now, if Crystal, what about, because I mean, I got as you're talking, I'm thinking of other stuff. You touched on, well, actually I got two things here. Um, is there a simple formula to understand how to figure out the cost of hiring an employee? As far as, I know there's the ad budget and all that stuff, but like, is is there a simple, like, you know, ABC equals X and that's how you get to a good estimate of what it costs for you to hire somebody? Yeah, so, I mean, there is a formula. You don't know it off the top, top of my head. That's why I love, you know, building it into like a spreadsheet and it does it for you. Mm -hmm. You don't have to think about it again. Um, and that's totally doable for any spreadsheet. But basically, you want to say, okay, this many people applied, um, this many people were qualified, this many people, um, you know, you know, we offered the job to, and then this many people accepted the job. So, I mean, those are great numbers to really pay attention to. So we like to look at it as in like total applied versus how many it took, how many you hired, right? So okay. if you got one hire and you just had 200 people apply, oops. <laughs> That's all right. If you, um, so 200 people applied, you hired one person, then every 200 people, you know, it that you have apply, you'd get one worker out of. And essentially you can kind of play with that. You're like, okay, so I need 400 people to apply if I need two workers. Yeah. Um, but then essentially too, if you know your cost per click, then you know, let's say 76 per, cents per click and you have 400 people apply, you could take 400 times 0.76 and then that's how much you know it costs for you to hire two workers or so on yeah. and so forth. Now do you, just to follow up on that too, do you consider like, you know, the amount of time HR or you as the business owner have to take in, in, into account too? Like, uh, you know, my HR person spent three hours creating the posts, but again, you'll probably be helping reduce that, right? But is there, is time spent or is that just for us as business owners, that's just general operating costs? Yeah. So basically we remove all operating costs. Um, all you have to do is really focus on the interviews and then making that decision after getting them to sign your paperwork. Um, okay. But we have like all the automation for that. But basically, I mean, there's no more posting the job. There's no more checking on your stats. There's no more like really following up with people unless it's desired or unless you want to like use some other strategies as well, too, and combined. Um, okay. But basically, it's essentially you're only pay doing the interviews, but yeah. you know, it's already saving you so much time in general because they have to confirm before it, if, otherwise, if they don't confirm, their interview is going to get canceled, and that saves you a lot of time because you're you're already reducing the no shows um, as okay. well automatically on your calendar. So you can really just you know throw a hiring budget out there. We always recommend having anywhere from a hundred to three hundred dollar um, advertising budget per city um, as your starting point. Once you know the data and you know you know more of your numbers, and if you're in competitive, not in competitive, then you can modify your budget. But that's always a good starting point. Like if you're like, hey, I need to hire my first worker. Um, what advertising budget should I start with? Well, you shouldn't start with the crappy settings on Indeed first. You definitely yeah. need to have the good settings on Indeed because otherwise, you know, when I'm talking about you know cost difference, it's like fifteen dollars per versus like seventy six cents per. So. 
huge difference right there. Then you could have that $100 advertising budget, which you or us could manage, either or. Um, and then it's just automatically putting applicants onto your calendar for you. So, okay. So, Chris, I'm trying to think of, you know, again, I'm thinking of us as a company personally, too, is so in essence, you're you're able, you're filling that void of the in between. I guess I want to get to is we know, hey, we just want an account. We need three more employees. We've got three weeks to start the account. Is the communication through email or again on the platform to say, hey, Crystal and team, these are the the hours. This is what we're looking for, and then the, then the magic happens in the in between, and then we get to okay, awesome. Three days later we have you know seven applicants to interview is that really like where it starts and stops or starts you take over and then we pick back up again like to try yeah. to give people an, a, an not a visual but an understanding you know of how the process works yeah so basically you would you know say i want to hire for this role you would answer a few questions like what's the position name requirements the duties um, you know, what's the location? Um, and then you would click another button saying, you know, start ad. And then we're going to go ahead and get the no notification on our side. And we're going to automatically have your ad created, do that research on those cities. We're going to ask you to give us like six cities. And then we're going to go ahead and look at all the different results, like which one's going to yield the best results. Then we're going to go ahead and post your ad. And then you have another button. If you ever want to pause your ad, turn on a new ad or whatnot, mm. you could literally just click the modify ad button and it will go ahead and notify our team. But we also have like chat support. Um, you could text us and you can call us or you could book a support Zoom call as well. Love it. Love it. You know, I'm a techie. So like this is just, uh, you know, this is where, again, people for, t t you know, technology doesn't. Um, it doesn't solve all your problems, right? But it helps improve certain situations, which I think this is an a situation that as business owners, you don't need to take on such a big load of trying to be an HR department, right? Or, a, or just areas that uh, as a business owner, you shouldn't have to do, right? So like, you, you know, you're talking about automation, funnels, conversion rate, right? Right away, think of, oh, it's like a technology company. Uh, that, in a sense, that's what you're doing for us, right? Is you're, you're an extension for us using tech. But what would you say to the people that say, oh, I, I don't I don't understand tech. I don't I don't use it as much. Um, this may be too much for me. What, what would be your answer for those people? Yeah. So we always our our best like fit would be somebody who does have like a higher turnover industry. So, you know, like cleaning companies, uh, commercial cleaning um, versus maybe like a brick and mortar. Maybe they don't have as high of a turnover rate, but I would say that's who we're best for. But when it comes to like the tech, I mean, it's 99% done for you. It's just, you're really telling us like what the position is and then we're doing all that other stuff on our side. Um, and that's, that's what I wanted to kind of confirm. So people yeah. know that, like, that's exactly what I was hoping you say too is, you know, for everybody listening and watching too, is she just said it, right? It's, we, we already go through the process of knowing what we're looking for. It's just, let's deliver it to somebody like yourself. And again, it's not like you're not reinventing the wheel of, of a lot of things, but uh, it's, it's good to know that you have experience with cleaning industry. You know the space. So you know some of these key words or trigger words or things that we're looking for. Because um, that's the problem with some of the bigger technology platforms that are out there that call them, the, you know, their applicant tracking and they help you, right, do this and that. We're, this cleaning technicians are not general labor. So, you know, it's a di there's a big difference there. So yeah. I appreciate what you're doing for us and, and how you're helping. 
Uh, and I know a lot of people were excited when you were here. It was an awesome session, just so people know too. She she had, again, this, this the session that we talked on. And it was cool because you had, my mom said this, I don't know if you, you remember me and my mom, Crystal, but she's like, this girl gave us homework. Like, we're doing, <laughs> we're doing exercises here. You know, Rick, I thought this was just like a speaker session. Uh, so, but I think that that's something that you draw out of people, right? You give people the, because then do you see these exercises, they turn into commitment from us as business owners, right? Yeah. And I think it's really good to start with that training that, that we had where I, I sit there and I literally walk you through like the whole homework and I do it with you because even if you have like a great job ad, you, you know, already know all your other stuff and you're really confident about it. And one thing I forgot to mention earlier is we already have all the job offer emails, all the emails, texts, like we already have like 300 of them already pre-written and done for you that are already persuasive and converting. So I wanted to so throw I should, that. I should stop trying to come up with those on my own. Yeah, we, we literally, it's it's done for you. Um, so you, you don't have to do that. And that's something that we do here. We're like, I don't know how to explain my, you know, explain what comes next, especially with contractors. They don't know how to explain the verbiage or that re working relationship. Um, and that's where we really nail it with having that experience, you know, educating clients. Um, and I want to do, and just because we're coming to an end too there, Crystal, yeah. but I think the fact that you said that you ended with that contractor, like that, so everybody knows, I, I am going to do another session with you on that because, you know, for those that know me, I'm big on subcontracting. I call it affiliate partners, right? Where I got to believe there's a different message. There's a different way to speak to, to the contractor as, mm -hmm. as a prime versus sub. Uh, we'll touch base on that. I feel like that's just a solid other session to have because that is how you grow and scale in this business is not only by hiring employees and, and doing it that way, but subcontracting, both being the sub and being the prime. Uh, people got to know that. that it is going to be the future of how this, how you as a small business owner grow. So I'm excited to have you talk to me about that at another session. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely a great topic to dive into. There's so yeah. much that you got to be careful for. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd be happy to come back and do that. Um, so but, for that, go ahead, sorry, keep going. <laughs> that training that we did, I, I want you to think of uh, definitely check it out um, as well. I'm going to give it to you so you could share that if anybody wants that. But um, that is a really good starting point. So if you, again, if you have all these other things, but you're not competitive with your pay, like you're not paying or you don't have great benefits and you're like, I don't know how to come up with my pay rate or I don't know how to, you know, what else is around me? How do I get competitive? I think that's a really great starting point because then again, that will help you identify like, you know, if you do have workers, like what are your top performers? Like I'm going to show you how to find your best performers and actually, um, you know, figure out what they like and how, why they joined you. And again, that's going to really help you with your messaging. Make sure that you stick out um, before we dive into paying ads, because you don't want to have ads going, especially if you don't know or your your wage is too low. I mean, nobody's, I, God bless your heart, but you need to up your wage, get paid what you're worth because um, nobody's going to want to work with you if you're paying too low. You, you definitely oh, yeah. got to like acknowledge that and, and do that research. And that's just a great training for you. So like if you guys caught that too, if you, if you hear what she said, as far as you're going to help us save future wasted money, right? Because... It's it's a lot of money when you out when you it's an expense to do these ads uh, to try to stick out, but I know from personally experiences when you put the wrong verbiage you put the wrong pay rate you put you just you screw it up 
it costs you all that money. It was out there in the world. Nobody jumped on it. There was a reason. Something, mm -hmm. you did something wrong. So you guys heard what she said. That's part of the process, part of the exercises that she helps in the, in the beginning is, is to avoid, you know, dishing out that kind of money. So as we, we come to an end here, I remember, Chris, I promised you one hour. <laughs> one hour, I was at the tops. Uh, is I want to end with the three-day challenge. Can you explain to everybody, again, we'll have this link, but Crystal, what is a three-day challenge for uh, business owners, cleaning business owners, just general business owners, uh, to take advantage of this three-day business challenge that you have? Yeah, so this three-day hiring challenge is literally just going to, you know, take off some of those Indeed settings for you. It's going to put on the right settings. Like, we're going to show you how to do it. If you want us to do it for you, we can, but um, we're showing you how to do this. So this is a DIY plan where you're literally going to start with, you know, figuring out what the wage is, and then you're gonna dive into like, what are the typical problems that you're seeing? Um, and then we're gonna go into another framework, which we call the F diet, um, which really breaks down like where you need to have certain things. So if you're having certain issues with stuff, you can say, okay, well, you know, I have a lot of people um, no showing on the first job. Okay, so I'm gonna show you how to identify, here's a problem and where you need to put it. And that's where we introduce that F diet framework um, on day two. And then day three, we're actually creating your job ad, you're posting it. So you, that's a literally a total free DIY plan that you can go ahead and take, implement and have changes like instantly into your account. You're just gonna have to make sure that, you know, your Indeed rep um, optimizes your account for you based on what we're recommending. Um, and then if you wanted to take it a step further, you can go and sign up for a free trial. Well, we'll go ahead and manage your ads for free for two weeks. Um, and then you can go ahead and see how all the hiring automation, everything is streamlined and how it just took no branding or little branding or confused branding to a process that really works. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Crystal, for taking the time out uh, with COVID. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I know. I'm like, I think are, I just finally warmed up. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, but again, I appreciate you. Appreciate what, you, appreciate what you're doing. Thank you for coming out to Chicago when you did. We got a lot more coming in here in 2022. Uh, everybody, like I said, you'll have Crystal's information down below in the YouTube link, uh, how to contact her, uh, the program, the website, all that good stuff. Um, Crystal, thank you so much. I appreciate yeah, it. Anything else you want to leave or you know end with on your, on your end? You could do it. Hiring is, you know, everybody's struggling with it. It's definitely something that you can learn. There's definitely ways that you can improve, do it, and have support in that process without wasting and trying to figure it out all on your own um, for yourself. Definitely awesome. reach out. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thank you so much, Crystal, again. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time. Hi guys.